calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. As the Fallow Crown nears the end of their quest, the Axis Collar crew are primed and ready to attempt extraction. If all goes according to plan, the crew will be able to use the so-called victory signal of the quest's completion to locate the Fallow Crown. Forgive me, Rust, I'm just the simple son of a wealthy magnet, but why couldn't they just follow Yavos's nighttime brand dream umbilical right to the source? Wow, that's actually an excellent question, Dirk. Thanks, I've got a lot of them. To answer your question, we have the one and only... Strict and Light, Grand Archmagus of the Polyphasic Universe Theory, inventor of quintessence solidification technology, and the last student of Professor Von Schreik before his disappearance. Welcome to the show, Magus Light. It is an honor and pleasure to have you here. I apologize for the Dirk. He comes with the desk. Thank you, Mr. Rosborough. I've always been uh, short-sighted when it comes to scry technology, so being here is truly eye-opening. Huh? <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Magus Light, in your book, Astrum and Ethereum, you posited that matter, ether, and astrum are all different phases of the same thing. This led to improved interplanar travel with short burst tunneling, gate beacon tech, quintessence conversion, and a slew of other developments. I'd hate to besmirch the name of the late great von Schreich, but it appears the student truly has become the master. These days, the only thing I'm a master of is eating corn dogs. So I'll take the compliment if you've got some condiments. Ha! Killing it! Dirk, please. Oh, Dirk, what? I finally meet someone with goofs like Jaeger, and I'm on fun time out? Magus Light. Stricten, please. Magnus Light sounds like a soda or an ointment. Have you got boobos on your bugle? Smear a stickle of Magnus Light on the shaft, and you're ready for a night in the town. Now with raspberry, coconut, and ham. <laughs> 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 Mate, Stricten, questions abound regarding error in general and the battle axis in particular. An infinite shaft whose every increment is more wonderful than the last. If there were gods in this plane, I'd assume they were compensating for something. Hell! It sounds like the kind of gods my ex-wife would worship, eh? 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 trust. Oof, anyway, you had a question. Yes. <clears throat> well, uh, Oh, by all the gods... Hey, Lightmeister, if we only have a scry signal because the League's crusty grandpa took a power nap, why can't we just follow the wet dream to the source? Ha! Huh, straight to the point. I like that. I was getting to that. Yeah, and I got there first. Let me answer your question. In astral phase, energy takes on a more theoretical form. You see, it has no directionality because it's no three-dimensional space. Instead, you can think of it as being uh, everywhere it could be all at once. Just because Mr. Isidora is in the Axis doesn't change the location of his astral form. Technically, following it to its source would just lead back to his bed. And unless you're into GGG dilfs, that's the last place you want to be. Let me tell you, you'd be surprised what an old foggy like me can get up to, huh? <sighs> Let's just go to a commercial. We'll be back with more Strict in Light after this. Your footsteps echo off the walls as the fallow crown makes its way across what is now the mirrored floor of the reflected great hall. The colossal double doors begin to slowly open, and their current orientation creates a ramp leading into the throne room. 
Ayavos, your reflection, continues to look up at you from the floor, speaking casually. So we're dropping the pretenses, then. Why else would you need to bring us to the heart of this? Hmm. The pretense is the fun part. It's not the same without it. Well, I'm dreadfully sorry to disappoint, but we are professionals. Hmm. I see. Well, one way or another, I have such beautiful things to show you. Wish I was going to lean over to Gaspar and say, Yavos was looking down for a long time. He trying to look up our trousers. I don't know if you really understand how trousers work, but didn't Ayavos examine most of your body trying to figure out how it works? He's seen everything. Well, sure, but Gasper, there's a time and a place. You're right. We must be professionals. As you cross into the next room, Every surface of the throne room is mirrored, and at its heart is the ornate standing mirror that you saw in your visions, encased in a blooming burst of shards, almost as if frozen in time. As all of you cross the threshold, the doors slam closed. Wusha is going to start and look back at the doors. Great. Now we're in here with that. Yavos, tell us you have some sort of idea of what's happening. This entity has a mind, and it is up to us to destroy that mirror. Wusha, roll perception. I was literally about to say try not to look at it, but it's okay. Eleven. As you look back at the doors as they shut, saying these things, you see your reflection mirrored back. It's not moving with you. It's smiling. I'm going to point at it, furrow my brow, and say, Mirror, mirror on the wall, gargle on my briny balls. (laughs) (laughs) How long you been cooking that one up? Oh, I've had it written down for a little while now. (laughs) (laughs) Calling attention to it. This time, all of you see the same thing. All of your reflections. They're just standing there. Smiling. And then they begin to change. Their forms shift. Their flesh melts away into a different configuration. Mouths wide, full of yellowed teeth. Snub noses like hognose snakes. Empty hollows for eyes. And as they rise up along the walls, you see that they're not connected to the ground by feet, but by Long tendrils, all leading to something you can't see. A puppet master of some kind. And then they leave the walls and enter your reality. I need everyone to roll for initiative. There's a chance they let us go, right? On it. It's a 16 for Zach. Zach just shows up in the mirror. (laughs) Whoa! Sup, idiots? <laughs> Do we have to kill you again? Yeah. <laughs> it's canon this time, though. <laughs> it, it didn't take. <laughs> times do we have to do this, old man? Is every surface in this room mirrored? Yes. Are you going to make me regret that in a minute? Probably. <laughs> so uh, so what'd y'all get real quick? 25. 10 less than that. 15. <laughs> am, um, am I subtracting my crystal modifier? You are. Your okay. crystal math? Yep. Math addict. <laughs> I get a 19 using the crystal method. Fuck, I thought I had good rolls. Well, thanks to my minus three, I have a five. Hey. Hey, there we go. There we go. That's what it's meant to do. There's that shitty old man vibe. Gaspar, these grinning, hollow-eyed creatures are staring at you from different edges of the room. Their tentacle-like bodies disappearing into the mirror. You're first. What do you do? Watching them travel through the mirrors. Gonna load my crossbow. You're going to have to move faster than that if you want to stop me from breaking this thing. And I aim it towards the mirror encased in a bloom. I want to shoot the mirror. That is a 23 to hit the mirror. Unsurprisingly, it doesn't dodge. But it pulses with 
aberrant energy that, for the time being, seems to protect it as your crossbow bolt glances off of it. Well, that would have been too easy. That is the end of my turn. All right. As you ponder what's going on, the lair action happens, and suddenly the mirror below your feet shifts, rolls, and several of the fallow crown fall through it. You sink through the floor, and as your feet right yourself on the other side, it doesn't seem unusual. Up is up, down is down. But as you look into the mirror at your feet, you don't see a reflection. You see Iavos and Hal. Beside you is Wusha. Your party's been split into opposite sides of this mirror. So who's who's on one side together and who's on the other side together? You are with Iavos currently. Okay. Oh no! Yavos and Hal have sunk into the floor! That's correct. They have split the party. Get out of here this instant, you young men! Wait, hold on. Halophon, the creature nearest you, moves forward, gliding through this mirrored floor, and when it reaches you, it attempts to sink its teeth into your flesh. Does a 15 hit you? A 15 does not. I block it with my shield. Its teeth, sharp and yellow, dig into your shield, leaving imprints. But you manage to ward off its attack. There's no way of knowing which one is the real mirror. Wusha, kick the shit out of that thing. (laughs) All right. Do we hear through the mirror? You do not hear through the mirror. Oh, fuck. Thank you for asking. (laughs) But uh, Hal hears you clearly, Ayavos. Damn, he doesn't hear me. You look at our reflections and we're just pointing at you to come over to our side. (laughs) Curse his perpetual swimmers here. (laughs) At the end of its turn, it uses a legendary action and glass shards burst from the floor, creating a shard wall. Get suit. Oh, cool. Oh, boy. Cool. I like it. Yeah, it's very good. It is now Hal's turn. Okay. I have a question before I take my turn. Gasp. Absolutely. (laughs) Actually, I probably have a number of questions, but does the mirror, it looks like it's like exploded with like a burst of stuff around it. Mm -hmm. Does it look like it's anchored to the floor still or is it sitting on top of the floor? It is above the floor, technically suspended in this body of crystalline-like growths. Okay, so it's anchored. Yes. Got it. All right. Yes, I understand your question now, Cheater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's good thinking. <laughs> All right. I always, we're going to have to find a way to separate you and me. We might be the only ones who can control reality here. I haven't seen the other two do it yet. I'll handle this. You see if you can get back to the others. And I will rage. And that thing didn't move away from me, right? No, it is still next to you. <laughs> I will fight it. He's just not looking at it. He's like, it didn't move away, did it? That's right. It's behind still, me, isn't it? It's still there. Isn't it? It's still there. That's very good. Uh, I will rage. I'll reckless attack. Do I still have a penalty for the crystal? Technically. Okay. 13 to hit. Your attacks seem to slough off of it. Or maybe it changes around them. It's hard to tell. It's a strange, almost amorphous creature. Well, let's see if I can morph it. It's morphin' time. It's not morphin' time. I rolled the same thing. That's another 13 to hit. What weapon are you using? Uh, Chivalric Edge. The Chivalric Edge dances around it, but does not find purchase. It figures something that exists with all of these glass shards around it. That's my action and my bonus action, so I will stay where I am so as to not provoke by moving away from it. Sounds good. I've got another baddie. And for the audience at home, they basically look like giant fleshy earthworms with dudes coming out of them. It's pretty cool. There's Freaking like gnarly. One hand coming out of the ground, too, which is fucking awesome. They kind of remind me of that creature from the bottom of the well in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. On the other side of the mirror, the creature on Gaspar's side uses a dash action to race up to Gaspar. 
Unfortunately, it does not have anything left in it for an attack. But at the end of its turn, another wall of shards erupts from the floor. It is now Wuxia. So we are each trapped with two of these things. Can Wuxia still tell which one was mimicking who when they first were standing in the mirrors? Or have I completely lost track of that? I'd be fine either way. Since you traveled through the mirror, you've lost track of it. Perfect. I am going to turn to the one that ran up to Gaspar that is adjacent to me. I'm going to crook my foot back and scream, I liked you better when you were me! I'm going <laughs> to kick it twice. Uh, I haven't used my bonus action, so I'm going to Hunter's Market first and then kick it twice. Fuck my ass. Well, the first one is a one, so that's fun. And the second one is a crit. Mm. Balanced, as all things should be. <laughs> it's really the backswing you got to look out for. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my butt. First one was a fake out. <laughs> so with my new piercer feet, I do three times weapon damage on a critical hit on uh, things that do piercing damage instead of two. So this is going to be... 5d8 plus 4 damage. That is disgusting. Yeah. And if it's a construct, isn't it like an extra 2d8? <laughs> I think so, but this is – I don't no, think it's a construct. It's, it's made of way too much flesh for me to assume construct. You should have done that against the mirror. Probably. <laughs> but that would imply that he could follow my direction. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to metagame Zach. It's fair. <laughs> oh my god. 17 plus 2 more. 28 damage to it. Nice. But what about a reroll? Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm still getting used to this new ability. One moment. Add five to that. 33? 33. Plus, I apologize. The kick axe does an extra D8 fire damage. So that is two more D8 damage coming up. Oh. Isn't it three more? Because you times three? Only on piercing damage. Ah. Yeah. So where was I? 33. Three. three. Thank you. Plus 10. 43 damage. Fuckity fuck. Good fucking God, man. That's a kick. That is a, that is one God hell of a kick. Damn. Put this thing in the fucking toilet. I'm working on it. You pierce with your kickaxe what moments ago was an abdomen. Silver fluid leaks out onto the floor before turning black. You hear a hissing scream come from its mouth as a tongue flails about. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like this mirror failed its reflect save. <laughs> Ooh. I am going to look at Gaspar, and I'm going to say, You want to try some of that tricky shit? Well, you got things covered here. There's not much tricky shit for me to do. It's all blades. I believe in you. Woosh, I done. The next creature in the initiative holds back. It does not charge you. Simply summoning another wall of shards. Iavos, it's your turn. Oh, geez. Um, how high up do these shard walls go, these, these pointy barriers? They are much higher and denser than the miniature would suggest. It is more like an ice wall or a wall of force. Gotcha. Although, Iavos, as you reflect on the situation, mm -hmm. ah. your affinity with the mirrors grants you two unique actions if you choose to use them. With your bonus action, you can choose to either reflect, move one creature from map A to map B, or vice versa in the same position, or crystallize, create a wall section on map A and place another one in the same position on map B. Once all wall sections are in play, you may instead move one wall section and its counterpart to any position. I can only move one after I've created another one? Is that what I'm getting? Um, I basically have four sections, mm -hmm. and once they're all in play, instead of them having to disappear or anything, you can just move one instead of summoning a new one. One more is yet to be summoned. Right. I get that. I just mean I don't have the option to move one yet until they're all down. Right. That's correct. Okay. Hmm. It's so tricky. Okay. So, and that's great because... Part of what I was thinking involved basically exactly that. So that's good. The question is, do I want to take my action before I try to swap sides or vice versa? 
because I wanted to really maximize my my output. I'm going to try to play it smart and see if that helps. But I also have some evidence to go off of that it's a, not the best idea. This is so hard. I have too many options. And I just want to – because oh, I have a very finite amount of spell slots. Okay, okay, okay. I am going to shift five feet to my right, putting my body on Gaspar's reflection, and I'm going to attempt to trade places with Gaspar. I hadn't considered that, but I love it so much that that works. Great play. I'll move the miniatures in a minute. Right now, I'm Gaspar. All right, Gaspar, on the counter. Ah! <laughs> now, now, as much as my ambition is to destroy this evil mirror, the current wiggly dudes are a much bigger <laughs> threat to our progress. So I'm going to point my finger at the one on the other side of this barricade. And I'm going to unleash my first ever real third level spell. I'm going to cast lightning bolt, but I'm going to use a spell secret to change that lightning into a blast of thunder, a cone of pure sonic energy blasting through the barricade, hopefully, and into that creature. If not, passing through the cracks would suffice. God damn. How do you feel about that? However you want to do it. If you want to say it passes through reflective surfaces instead of reflecting off of them to double hit something... I I am compelled to say, yes, please hit my monster once. My intent was to see if I can destroy these barriers with sonic energy. And if I can, oh, it would okay. follow through and also hit the creature. <clears throat> but if I learn that I cannot bypass this, this wall, I will have learned a lot about what I can do with my magic. Let me check the wall's hit points. Counter offer. Turn it into radiant and hit everybody in the room. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't I have it. a spell that oh, can yeah, do that. Yeah, Send <laughs> a fireball. <laughs> No, just because it's going to bounce everywhere. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, remember, the room is fully mirrored, so mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. thousands of images of us on all surfaces right now. All right. You don't know the stats on this wall, but if you'd like to attempt that, you can certainly attempt it. I will. As I trade places with Gaspar, I'll say, Prepare yourself, Wusha. This might be really stupid. And as I manifest the electricity, I take the lightning bolts and I fold them in on themselves so they create thunder and I let it out in a straight line. So the first thing that happens is it hits the wall. Um, obviously, it doesn't get a deck save because it is made of stuff. It has a very low dexterity, yes. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, am I rolling damage? Yes, please do. Okay. Not bad. Come back. I need you very much. Okay. 27. 11, so 29. Uh, 29 thunder damage to the wall and potentially the creature on the other side of the wall, if things go well for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's the range on your lightning bolt? 60 feet straight line. So Actually, no, it's 90. Foot? It's 120 foot straight line. Yeah. Lightning bolt slaps. Forgot. I forgot. I, hadn't, I was thinking of the lightning javelin. Ah. There are two learnings from this. <laughs> I love learnings. <laughs> I'm very pro-learning. The first is that this magical spell was not powerful enough to reach the creature. Okay. That's a shucks, but we, we keep rocking. But it was powerful enough to virtually shatter this wall of shards, which has 30 hit points, by the way. <laughs> okay. What's left is Brittle, falling apart, crumbling to pieces of loose glass on the floor. The wall is effectively destroyed. Neat. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket for when the time comes to try to destroy the thing encasing the mirror. But for now, the priority remains Wiggly Dudes. So that is my turn. Good plan, Yavos. Stupid still my favorite kind of thing. The last turn of the round goes to the creature that you just tried to attack. Its grin becomes even wider as it disappears into the floor and joins its companion at your side. More of the creature next to you rises from the mirrored floor into your view, and a single trunk body full of wild limbs and many heads rises, all ready to attack. 
back with Strickton Light. Tell me, Strickton, what makes Error so unique a plane? Aside from the obvious, such as the battle ISIS itself, the infinite nature of its dimensions, and the total lack of higher life, Error is, for all intents and purposes, dead. As in, the scene has moved on and the nightlife is just roller discos and pubs named after the owner? I mean, look, if I wanted to spend my night inside of Jeff, I'd hit the roller disco. No, you melon with hair. Dead as in a corpse. Exactly. Every plane steaming with materia astrum and ethereum. Now, there's some that are infinite, but however far out you go, there's a layer of these three phases of energy. But here, there are entire sections of the surface that are completely devoid of astrum and ethereum. Materium aplenty, but nothing else. Could this have something to do with the lack of plural life? See, now you're asking the right questions, but the real hard one is, what died first? The plane or the gods? And more importantly, why? Oh, I know this one. It's not a joke, Dirk. I'm sure I can make it one if you give me enough time. You mentioned that the plane itself is infinite. I wish I could blame my ignorance on my singular soul, but in truth, math was never my strongest subject. But tell me, how can something material be infinite? I mean, technically it can. Not in the real physical sense of the word. Infinity is mostly a theoretical concept. It exists in calculation, but not so much when you apply it to the physical world. We got some infinities, but not quite the way you think. It's, it's too much. However, if the concentration of astral energy is strong enough, it doesn't need to be physical. You remember what I said earlier about astral taking more theoretical form, right? Of course. I'm not gonna lie. I stopped paying attention at this isn't a joke, Dirk. Well, here on Era, the farther out you go, the higher the concentration of Astrum. Which means that even though the land beneath you keeps on going, this is only because the astral forces and your mind's interaction with them are manifesting the next step. And even more interesting is that those places, sites, and landmarks are all very real. They exist. But where they are and when they manifest is entirely up to probability and the presence of a being experiencing them. So it's as though a strong enough astral cloud could almost store reality, and our perception of it manifest the next section of that reality. Look, Ross, I'd be lying if I said that was a perfect summation, but it's as close as we're going to get the two of you without years of training and study in phasic reality theory, metaphysics, and math. Geez, this interview went from laugh riot to math class. Let's go to commercial before it becomes a dentist appointment. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Orland and Pacific Northwest Cuties. This January 23rd, Wayfinder Brewery is hosting a 21 and over Dungeons & Dragons event called Goblin Up. From 6pm to 9pm, you can have a seat at a table with a local professional dungeon master to run you through an epic one-shot D&D adventure, including myself, Zach Barkus, Max Hobbs, and other great local DMs you may recognize from past D20 Questions episodes. $70 gets you a ticket to play with the pros and a three-course dinner. Find the QR code for ticket sales at the LUQ.com and the Wayfinder Brewery website. Let them know you're a fan of the show. And keep your eye out on Twitter. Starting today, when this episode comes out, we'll be doing an LUQ giveaway for one ticket to the event. But the window to enter will be short. We hope to see you there. Hey, LUQties. I missed you. Even though in audio form, I exist outside of time. 
Anyway, visit the LUQ.com. It's a simple request, but I promise you'll be the one that benefits from this exchange if you're looking for cool LUQ stuff, like actor bios, photos from behind the scenes, links to our merch page, and the upcoming Wayfinder Goblin Up event, not to mention the Patreon. This is where you can go to support the show and help ensure that it keeps getting made. Check out the top tier rewards. You can make a character to join the LUQ-verse or get mentioned in the following list with our legendary mid-roll teams, which are the Titans Rise, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord with Maisie, Mike Gordon, Big Boy Roy, and Caitlin Oliver. For personal messages or advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Don't forget to follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdashstreams for Monday night premieres of new episodes and other streaming throughout the week. Our temporary mailing address while waiting for a new P.O. Box is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon, 97214. And there's even more juicy LUQ news and events happening in the near future. So remember not to skip the mid-roll. If you don't listen to me, I cease to exist. Just kidding. I love you anyway. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to that there battle axis. Do you suffer from ailments, maladies, symptoms? New prescription Remedol might be right for you. Side effects of Remedol include butt rot, grave mouth, excess milk, hydrogen allergies, thigh gaps, spicy tits, brain gas, runaway nipples, ear blindness, wet leavings, dungeon taint, loose shits, brick shits, lip shits, mudlust, tropical howlers, long flaps, squat goblins, blood migration, and heavy trumpeting. For long-lasting side effects, increasing your dose of Remedol makes sense to us. We're not doctors, we just make Remedol. Remedol, it's a pill. A giant of writhing flesh and teeth rises from the floor next to Iavos. It's the top of the round. Gaspar, how do you save the day? Well, I have to do some tricky shit. I've been stewing. I've been brewing. So looking at this throne in which the mirror is embedded into, how high off the ground would you say it is? Not, not too high, right? The mirror? Yeah. Once again, it is anchored in the middle of a crystal, but it is not high, maybe five, eight feet tops. Yeah, but it's blooming, so it's not actually in. There's no crystal in front of the mirror, or is there? It is, is it fully full? embedded in a cluster, in a oh. three dimensional cluster of crystal. Oh, okay, okay. Like that completely negates my tricky shit. Fuck. Since Ayavos instantly bought me some space, bringing me into this side of the mirror, with nothing truly threatening me, I'm just going to aim towards the creature that has. Engaged with Halophon. Bide my time and shoot it before it can disappear into the walls and other services. Please do. Fuck it up. That is a 27 to hit. Barely, barely. That's a very good hit. To what degree do you fuck up his day? Um, that is 30 points of damage. Oh, damn. And as the arrow strikes it, there is the sound of a small ceramic piece shattering in Gaspar's pocket. Interesting. At which point, on top of one of the other grinning hollow-eyed creatures, is a skeleton with a glass shard morning star that bashes into this thing's head. Cool. That's fun and neat. That's very cool. I love it. The creature screams with a voice that sounds like the whistling of a tea kettle. And it does eight points of necrotic damage before finally fizzling away. It thrashes around, flailing in the air. It has been laid to rest. That is the end of my turn. As the skeleton melts away, the creature remains, and it is its turn. For its turn, it dives back into the floor, unwilling to contend with both you and Halophon. Do I get to make an opportunity attack against it as it leaves? Yeah, take it. All right. Thank you for asking. 17 to strike. In this form, that hits. All right. 
it is going to take... The sentence makes my ears feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> takes nine slashing and two radiant damage, and its speed's reduced to zero because I have Sentinel. God, that's such a dick move. It fucks me up every time. I love it. <laughs> as it as it starts to merge into the floor, Hal sweeps his sword through, bouncing it off the mirrored surface. It flashes with radiant light, and I sever the tendrils that it's trying to extend into the other space and leave it flopping on the ground in front of me, no longer connected to anything. It withers and blackens in the mirrored floor, and the creature across the room from you rises from its position bearing three more heads one of which severed at the stump oh god there's more god <laughs> they're so juicy at the same time the lair action triggers pushing wusha onto the map with halophon and gaspar oh boy i would like to note to the public that i am not cool being by myself <laughs> <laughs> Next is Hal. Is it an action to try and go through the floor? Here is the skinny for you, Hal. You have been inoculated with shards. Mm -hmm. You can attempt to do that. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you succeed, you will go up to four points of glass curse. Okay. And if you succeed, it will no longer do that. I won't keep gaining points every time I use it. Is that what you mean by it'll no longer do that? Yes. Once you succeed at doing it, you will no longer accrue additional points to your curse. Okay. Is there a creature right next to Iavos? Yes. Is Gaspar still standing directly opposite Iavos in this room? Yes. You, Wusha, and Gaspar are all clustered together. There are no creatures nearby you. There is one uh, on the other side of a wall from you. Okay. And then on the other map, it is just... Iavos making out with this hell beast. Okay. <laughs> All right. Macking down. As Wusha appears in my area, I'll look at him and say, Woosh, Oi. break the mirror. All right. I run towards Gaspar, and as I approach Gaspar, I go down to slide on my knees and attempt to merge through the floor and pop out on the other side. Okay, please make me a wisdom roll. Do I have advantage or no? You don't. I did at one point, but I think, I think I'm think i too dumb for Your that. reflection was helping you. Ah, that's why. In this room, there is no help. All right. Only wiggle boys. <laughs> <laughs> They're the wiggliest. This is just the nastiest hydras ever. It's like mm -hmm. a hydra made of foreskin. I could just oh, hear like awesome. their gross, like harmonizing, like fruit salad. <laughs> yummy, yummy. Okay. Funny story. The miniature is actually called a false hydra uh -huh. and they do sing. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. False hydras are a thing. Yeah. They do really look like nasty dicks. I'm Satan's barbershop. I'm trying to see if there's any sort of, of juice that I can throw on this. I don't think that there is. Yeah. Nope. I, I can't add anything to this. So I just get my plus three from mirror stuff, right? That is correct. You do. No, I gained a fourth one, didn't I? When I got stabbed. No, you managed to avoid gaining another one. Okay. Plus three minus one. Eighteen. You made it. You are now up to four points. But you also sink through the mirror and appear next to Iavos. All right. And the creature. Hal slides on his knees, disappearing into the floor right before he gets to Gaspar and emerging just on the other side of Iavos. Is there room for me to interpose between him and the other creature or no? There is not. Okay. You are in a dirty triangle. Uh, you could in the fact that Iavos is insubstantial and therefore could stand inside of him and take damage. That is a good point. If you would like to be inside Iavos, <laughs> you can. So emerging from the floor next to Iavos, Hal will do what he can to interpose himself and his shield between this creature and Iavos to defend his ally. And I will make two strikes against this creature that is menacing my wizard and cleric. Please de-menace my bad boy. All right. Still reckless. 
I need it if my uh, other attacks were any indication. <laughs> a 10 and a 1. So the 10 becomes 18 minus 4 for 14. The magic number was 17. Oof. And you did not meet it. Okay. I'm going to have a hard time hitting. Second strike. This one is an 18 total. You hit. Ha ha! <laughs> Die, beast. Is this thing damaged at all yet? The party has dealt a total of 93 damage to a yet unknown number of creatures. I see. I'm going to pump a first level Divine Smite into the strike. Hell yeah. Yeah. I see no reason not to. That seems very prudent. Yep. So Hal busts through the floor with this huge upward vertical slice and just cleaves into this thing, I guess on the backswing because I missed my first strike. Dealing. 14 points of slashing damage plus plus 14 radiant. So 28 total. Vertical slice sounds like a new kind of soda. It's in a really wide can. No, it's an an IV bag that you hang above yourself and just put the straw in your mouth. It's it's a slice, but it's cloud flavored. (laughs) Because I hit in the mirrors around me, you can see spectral images of other LUQ heroes all striking and harassing this thing. But none of them are visible where I am right now. Harassing like heckling? No, like menacing. <laughs> Just imagine Stormclad being like, four heads ain't better than one. <laughs> like, there's, yeah, there's, there's two. They're old and wrinkly, and they're sitting in an opera booth just off. <laughs> okay. That may become important, so. It is now the creature's turn, who you just struck. And its attention has left Iavos, and all four heads are focused on you, Halophon. Good. It begins by using its bonus action to send Iavos to the other side of the mirror. I'm okay with that. And then, as the creature pulls the rest of its body through this aperture, it is with enough force that all of the shard walls shatter, and you are left facing a behemoth of flesh and bone and blade. Its myriad of heads begin to thrash and flail, all of them attempting to bite you, to tear you apart, to rend the skin from your body, to create something beautiful. It has advantage on every attack. (laughs) You're shitting me. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I I use reckless attack. That's how it works. Well, that's not the most opportune time to get soloed by a boss monster. Yeah. That's right. I believe in him. He's up all night to get lucky. The first attack. Rolls a 24. That hits. It does 11 piercing damage. Okay. And 4 psychic damage. Mm. Oh, good. It bites you more. Oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> the next head strikes. 25. Will hit. My AC 17 if you just want to save yourself time. It does 11 piercing damage and 1 psychic damage. <sighs> Where has this creature been all my life? Inside you all along. Between your legs. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> nest of dicks. <laughs> All with faces. Whenever I look it's at Zach, I do think Hydra penis. <laughs> its next attack hits as well, dealing 15 piercing damage and three psychic damage. Christ. God. It's a good thing I was at full health. Are you still up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't taken very much damage until just then. All right. It ends its turn. That makes it Wusha. Wusha, you are in a room with Gaspar and Iavos and nothing else. On the other side of the mirror beneath your feet, you see this behemoth tearing into your friend, rending him to pieces. I'm going to look at Gaspar and Iavos and say, Either you ever heard of a right whale? I have, yeah. That's the wrongest whale there is. (laughs) I'm going to move away from the wrong whale toward the big shard with the mirror in the middle. Wanting to honor Hal's last request, I rock the kickaxe back and say, better hope this works, and cast Ensnaring Strike on my leg, 
with the intention to kick this thing, burst vines out, and have them continue to crush it. I love it. Hell yeah. Let's go! That's a 13 and a 23. It does not dodge. Feel free to roll your damage, and feel free to roll your additional damage versus constructs. Sick. Shocked it didn't dodge. All right. Let's roll out the normal damage first. Let's see. We're looking at 11 damage from that so far, plus the extra two from it being a construct, which is four. So that's 15 plus the extra one from fire, which is six. So that's 21 plus four is 25 piercing and fire damage to it. Then the vines erupt around it and it has to make a strength saving throw. If it's a larger, larger creature, it has advantage on the saving throw. The crystal doesn't budge. It doesn't shatter. But a crack from where you kicked it snakes along it. (laughs) Vines are going to erupt out and wrap around it, and it's going to take d6 damage at the start of each of its turns. Also, I roll damage from only one attack. I should probably roll damage from the second attack, too. Jesus Christ. My boy. 27 damage from that one. Duly noted. It holds strong, but your vines pull at it. And you imagine that you hear a slight creaking sound. I hate furniture! My turn's over. You go before me, right? Next is Iavos. Iavos moves 20 feet to the left looking through the reflection and lining up the room very carefully and then saying, Gaspar, to me, please, let's kill this motherfucker. I want to shoot it in all eight of its heads. We will. So on your turn, what I want you to do is run into me. Mm. We prepare a glory move. We're going to use the the shard stopper. The shard stopper. I'm going to hold my action until you run to me. So it's my turn now, right? (laughs) Unless there's a legendary action. Not until after your turn. All right. With Iavos calling the play, Gaspar will follow it. I run towards Iavos, into him. When his body passes the threshold of my ectoplasmic form, I'm going to possess him and use my bonus action to flip to the other side of the mirror where Hal and the behemoth are. And using my held action, I'm going to target all of the shrapnel I created by destroying this wall and hurl a fourth level catapult at this creature. But because Gaspar is controlling the body, I'm letting him aim it and try to get sneak attack damage on top of it. All right. I love that for you and hate that for me. (laughs) Feel free to roll what you got to roll. So you get to attack with a plus four to hit. Okay. Plus four. That is a 22 to hit. Oh, 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 wait, wait. Oh, an extra plus four on top of it. It's it's much higher. It's high. Oh, yeah, it's, it's additional four to your normal ranged attack bonus. Yeah, okay. So it's a, it's a 32 to hit. <laughs> and its armor class is merely 18. Mm. Um, so if you want to roll sneak attack plus 3d4 from the glory, I will roll the damage for a fourth level catapult. Yeah. As Gaspar... Gasparavos? Iavar? The Gaspar-Iavos hybrid teleports into the room Hal catches this out of the corner of his eye in the mirror and smiles at this creature and says succeeds in a room full of mirrors and you still couldn't pay attention to what you should have been watching out for as the explosion begins behind him that's a good start clonky Eleven. 21, 24, 35. So we both did exactly 35 damage, <laughs> which means together, Gaspavos, Gaspacho, Gaspacho, yeah. Gaspacho deals 70 damage with our combo move to the reflection monster. The flesh boy. The big wiggle fuck off. <laughs> the big wiggle. Big, biggest wiggus. <laughs> <laughs> All of the heads are moving their jaws, eyes fixed on Halophon, when suddenly 
a new figure emerges from the floor and delivers this attack. A flurry of shards cuts through the creature, grinding it to pulp as blood sprays all over Halophon from head to toe, covering every inch of him in viscous silver liquid that darkens to a black ichor. As all of the pieces fall to the mirrored floor with wet slaps, they dissipate, become reflections once more, and separate. And you see them transforming back into all sorts of people, the denizens of a castle long, long ago. And this creature dispelled. You see the glass all around the room begin to crack and fall. A hail of razor-sharp flecks. Similarly, the glass encasing the mirror is suddenly crushed in the vines of Wuxia's entanglement, leaving it exposed for you to do whatever you wish with it. If this is what stands in the way between me and getting the hell out of the axis so I can get Pen back, I'm going to kick the shit out of this mirror. Oh, it shits. <laughs> you cock back your kick axe and deliver one final blow, shattering the mirror. You hear crashing from every direction as this releases its hold on the entire castle. As the room begins to melt away, you find yourself reunited with your friends once more, all on the correct side of the mirror. The ghost of Iavos gets vomited out of Gaspar's stump. And he's like on his hands and knees on the ground. Oh, so edgy, but cool. <laughs> As the last piece of glass falls from the frame of the silver mirror, you see that it opens into a new place. Not this castle, not even the mirror world. Maybe an exit. Maybe someplace new. Hopefully someplace good. And as all of you go hand in hand and walk into whatever lies next for you, the last thing you remember is realizing that Wuxia's kickaxe is on the wrong leg. We're back with Strict and Light, the preeminent scholar and authority on phasic reality theory. Earlier, you mentioned that the plane of error is dead, citing the lack of astrum and ethereum. However, you also mentioned that these reach greater concentrations the farther you go out from the center. If that's the case, are the outer reaches alive? One might think so, but no. When I cited the energy levels of the center, it was merely an example of the death of the plane. The greater issue is that the population, which we know so little about due to Abelite restrictions on surface landing, generates so little contestants, and what little they do make is almost immediately consumed or dissipated. Consumed? Exactly. You know that aware of Leviathans, yes? These creatures are the closest things to gods in error, and most of the contestants these creatures are generating goes to them. To put it bluntly, the souls of Errites are weak and incomplete. This isn't to say they are less than us, but rather that their plane is so energy poor that they are not a viable food source for any higher life. Food source. An apt description, but rarely is the quintessence cycle put so bluntly. And yet, that's exactly what it is. Energy moving from one place to another. Our bodies are designed to consume life and convert it to quintessence. And quintessence is harvested by higher beings, which use it for fuel for their existence. I am afraid to ask, but... Where does it come from? If physics explains calories and conservation of energy, how is it that we generate this tremendous resource without losing energy in the process? There are many theories. The most notable being that contestants is manifested from the membranes and venous structures of the greater cosmos. That the ley lines and the tethers, or whatever you want to call them, supply contestants to a plane from some energy source we don't know about. But our answer is... We don't know. Fellas... I hate to interrupt, but I think we have some breaking news. Dirk, if you fart, I swear to all the lords above and below. Warren, please. This is serious. 
does it mean? I mean, I love it. What hump? Did we get <laughs> did we get a false whoosh? Mm. <laughs> Welcome to Mirror Whoosha. Sha woo. Damn it, say, I was about to say ass woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, ass now I got to build ooh. ass woo, so thank you. Ooh, ass woo. <laughs> I hope you like being left handed, bitch. <laughs> no, my dominant hand. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. These, Beautifully done, Dana. These minis and mechanics are very fun and good for me. Crazy. I Crazy. love the growing, developing mini over the course of the fucking combat. Awesome. Perfect. Excellent. It's just like a, it's just like a, there's no way there's one more. <laughs> like, yeah, they're bigger and juicier and wetter than the last one. Each one was grosser than the last. It's perfect. It's my oh. nesting doll of disgusting things. There you go. Let's Russian, go around. Russian nesting dong. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the table and uh, talk about our favorite moments. Ooh. I mean, I got to go with the, with the enemy, like scaling up. Uh, as soon as it happened the first time, I, I just knew. I was like, Dana's going to deliver. She has to. And boy, look at that monster. Ugh. Yeah, Dana really jumped the Megalodon on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I really like big minis. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they're never big enough. And I cannot lie. <laughs> Size queen over here. Come I on. am. You other DMs cannot lie. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> God. My, fa- my, my highlight, my, my best moment has to go to like a conceptual thing. Dana, usually when I walk into a game and see a conflict, see a whatever, a fight that's just in a flat plane with like nothing there, it it's rarely so, something super engaging and something fun. You're just running around smacking the crap out of things. The fact that you added so many cool layers of interaction and engagement to what is essentially just a flat plane was fucking awesome. The traversal and the the way to like attack the enemies, the the things we had in front of us, the options we had were were fantastic. This was just you nailed it. It was awesome. It's also really cool, like sensory wise. Yeah. People at the people listening won't be able to pick up on this, save for maybe a photo or two we share, but the battle mats are actually mirrors. So having an actual like visual reflection of the battle. For us while we're doing it, it really does kind of add a like a sinking sensation, a two-sidedness. It was extremely unexpected, which is perfect for weird mirror fight. <laughs> it also makes this giant mini look twice as big. Yes, True. yes it does. It's it fair. has eight juicy cockheads. <laughs> it's very disgusting. It's so good. Michael? Um I liked the I liked the uh, shard stopper move as a finisher. The uh, just grabbing all of the little bits of debris and just reverse wood chippering it. Basically, <laughs> like it was a that was a cool. I liked Iavos possessing Gaspar in order to mm-hmm. cast the spell on the right side and everything. It was a that was a cool way to end that fight. Yes, right, and a wonderful way to um, kind of cheat teleporting two people. Like that's yeah. Very, I was trying to good. think like, how can I get Gaspar on that side to fuck this thing up? I'm like, wait, <laughs> I love it. It's my brain that lets me through. I'll make my <laughs> brain his brain. Thank you all so sincerely for these compliments. It's it's very very nice to just kind of explain. I know you weren't expecting like this kind of gross skinless flesh monster, and the idea with that is that. All of the reflections of the inhabitants of the castle were kind of melded together and reshaped into this thing. Yeah, as soon as you were saying, like, oh, this mirror literally fucking ate their reflections and turned it into that. I'm like, that's sinister. Yeah. That's where it came from. And it's hard to describe that when you see it. But that's that's where it came from. That's why it's so fleshy in a place that's fundamentally not fleshy. And um, and, and yeah, this monster, too, is not the mirror. It's it's, it's a whole thing. And my favorite thing, uh, Iavos was a... First time you pushed kind of the boundary of the rules I set up for you and swapped places with Gaspar. Because when I was coming up with those rules, I didn't even think of that possibility. What happens if you're on the same space as another creature? And that's just, that's fresh as hell. I loved it. I mean, maybe it's just body dysmorphia, but when I look in a mirror, that's what I see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I've been chiming in on everyone else's favorite moments, so I felt like I already dropped one. But I guess, uh, man, just... I feel like we've set a precedent now that, like, if you're going to run, like, a big boss fight that has to have some kind of cool mechanics or flair to it, and it just keeps getting better, and I, it's 
it's candy to my brain. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Uh, one more note I'd like to say is that this castle has a fully fleshed background and it is called Mithrazel. Mm. Sick. All the things y'all will never know about this castle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Wusha was the so impatient Lord. at the beginning. He had places to be. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it's great. Okay, so at the very, very beginning of the dungeon, I'm glad y'all killed some time there because you literally, I gave you two doors and you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to go through the right one. I'm not going to look <laughs> at anything. I'm just going to go through the correct door and just go. <laughs> so props for me uh the obvious highlight is not having to run a dungeon go uh, any <laughs> opportunity in which i don't have to 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 put a whole shitload of thought into what's going on is absolutely a fucking delight uh but more specifically i love that you managed to uh make a dungeon that is very very my style with the body horror and the cool like existential shit and like the mirrors a lot of the visuals are very similar things that i really enjoy I actually agree with that. Like when I sat down to make a dungeon, just because of the context of it being this season of luck, I wrote it in your style. WWZD. Yeah, you go. Uh, well, you did beautifully. And I fucking love everything about these minis and all this other stuff. And I hope it wasn't too expensive. <laughs> oh, no, I, I enjoy this. I have a feeling you're going to get a lot of use out of these. Like I'm not going to be able to use the like 14 foot dick monster again. <laughs> Admittedly. Well, thank you, Sam Hediger, the editor, for editing this episode. Let's go ahead and go around the table and uh, hear from everybody on their stuff. If anybody's got any announcements or anything. Uh, I'm Angelo Kaluug. I play Gaspar, possessed by a Yav ghost. Gaspacho. Gaspacho. Somehow it's the right answer. It's a soup. <laughs> what exactly? There was yeah, no but it's a cold, other... deadly soup. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's perfect. <laughs> no other possibility. My name is Max Hobbs. I play Wusha Brian Child, the Wandering Tide. Go also check me out on Help Action, help-action.com, or wherever the fuck you want to find me on the internet, Dungeon Master Max, pretty much anywhere. Uh, I guess also I'm about to have a baby. That's cool. Hell yeah. That's fun and exciting. Yeah. Baby Schmacks. Well, but it'll probably be existent, extant by the time this episode comes out. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It should be. Michael? My name is Michael Loving. I play Halifon Orson Jr. My wife and I will have no more babies. Two is enough for us. Thank you very much. That's fair. You can find me OG underscore Captain underscore Mel on Twitter. Yeah, it's where you can keep up on the various things that I'm doing most often with God's Fall or Kill Every Monster, but maybe some other stuff in the future. Or on Hive, where I got in early enough that I'm just Captain underscore Mel. Actually, Ooh. I think it's all Captain Mel. I don't think they let me have an underscore. I don't remember, but... <laughs> I didn't have to throw extra fucking characters into it because people who don't even use their handle got my name first. Twitter. I am Dana Ebert. I am this chapter's dungeon girl. Uh, not playing any characters aside from from my little wiggly boys. I'm, I'm up to all the regular stuff. You all know what's up. Just enjoy not hearing my ad for the last few weeks at this point. <laughs> uh, enjoy that. Yeah. And uh, and then when we're open, come visit us. But I'm on social media. It's all the same stuff as before. I haven't migrated from Twitter yet. I'll let you know if I do. I don't currently plan to. I'm still on Twitter until it collapses. But yeah, like it, when it collapses, I'm not sure I will set up in a new home. But um, if I do, y'all will hear it. It'll only collapse if you leave. I don't even know what Twitter is. I don't use Twitter. <laughs> My name is Law. Uh, I play Diavos Isadora, the scion of the Withering Acre. And I I mean, I almost played Iavos. I'm getting closer. Every game, I'm getting closer to playing it back to normal <laughs> Iavos. Iav almost. Yeah. Um, and I'm creative director of Slapdash. Everything that I do, you can see with Slapdash stuff usually. Um, we're going to try to start streaming more soon. And hopefully, the cuties and me can do some Pokemon raids soon. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm Zach Marcus. I was not Dungeon Boy today, but I just provided an extra voice and a lot of extra distraction. Turns out an ADHD person sitting at a desk with a bunch of like weird fidget toys isn't a great fucking idea. Uh, sorry for the extra noise. Sorry for the extra distractions. But I hope you've enjoyed my presence anyway. Uh, I am also the technical director for Slapdash Studios and the typical Dungeon Boy, the usual Dungeon Boy. But uh, I wanted to mention that we've got some pretty big projects coming down the line. Uh, we are looking to make some pretty big changes. Uh, we're hoping to do some more shows, more podcasts, more streams, more everything. Uh, but in order for that to work, we're going to need your guys' help because the fact is none of us are getting paid, not properly. So if you have a moment, just jump on our Patreon and give us a buck. It's a dollar. Uh, trust me, a dollar a month, you'll barely notice it, but it'll make a huge difference for us. 
So uh, please consider giving us something on that front. And uh, if you do, you can guarantee you'll see a lot more new shit coming out for us because I've got some projects that I'm working on. I already said this, but thank you, Hedegar the Editor, for editing this episode that was a little longer than we have been trying to make them, but not, un- not insufferable. And uh, until next time, we wish you luck. Luck.